Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is a place where truth is shared, taboos are disrupted, secrets are revealed, and power is gained. I'm your host, Danny Temras, and it is my personal mission to empower women in becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, I'm bringing you inspiring guests to help you build your confidence and mental toughness so that you can live the life of your dreams. Good morning and welcome to the next episode of the Fearless Warrior Podcast. My guest for today's show is Kayla Phil. Five years ago, Kayla sold or donated everything that wouldn't fit into her car to travel and build a location-independent business. Later, she sold her car to a Buddhist monastery and moved to Mexico City for two years. Kayla is a video strategist, course creator, clarity maven, and writer who is passionate about empowering achievers to increase business velocity with DIY video. As a marketing video producer, Kayla has dedicated over 15 years to partner with entrepreneurs and small businesses to help them accelerate their business growth through video. She has combined all she knows about simplifying quality DIY video and her mirror your billions on video method that you absolutely must check out. I gotta tell you, Kayla has inspired me in so many ways, not only through her video and marketing expertise, but especially with her courage to pack her bags and explore the world in her early 50s. She's an incredible woman, and I believe you'll learn so much from this episode. In this episode, Kayla and I talk about her travel adventures and entrepreneurial journey. We talk about what makes for engaging content, on-camera tips, self-love versus self-acceptance, shifting from victim mentality and finally becoming the boss of your own life. This is a very lively, fun and honest conversation and I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone who needs to hear it and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can better spread the message of empowerment to other listeners like you. Finally, if you are constantly juggling many balls, do sign up for my weekly newsletter on danielatemras.com so that you never miss a new episode. And now, let's dive into the interview. Kayla, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us on the Fearless Warrior podcast. Oh, it's totally my honor and pleasure. Thank you for asking me so much. Of course. I'm very happy for you to be here. So, Kayla, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll start about five years ago, when, which I think is most relevant to probably what your listeners might be interested in. Um, five years ago, I left the nest really, really, really empty. I have two kids and my daughter was graduating from high school and my old my son was older and already out of the house. And I had recently gotten a divorce and decided to sell or donate everything that wouldn't fit into my trusty Honda and start take off to create a lo- location independent business and also to do a lot of traveling that I had been dreaming of doing for a long time. So I did both of those things at one time. I and traveled solo in the U.S., in and out of Mexico. I went to Iceland with my daughter, which was an amazing trip. 
uh, spent some time. She was in London at the time as well, spent some time with her. So just kind of did, you know, stayed in like 40 Airbnbs in the course of about three years and just kind of got the wanderlust itch out of me a little bit. And now I have landed back in Houston, kind of a COVID refugee here. I came to Houston where I grew up and where my business has been based as a, I came here for a family wedding and the shutdown happened and I decided to go ahead and stay here rather than ride out the pandemic in Mexico. So that's me in a nutshell. The episode's over, you know, <laughs> our story, you know already wrapped up. Well, this is great, right? So talking to a storyteller about being concise in your messaging, well, you definitely have mastered it yourself. Well, you've got an interesting story. So I'd love to unpack this a little bit more. So five years ago, you went on this big journey of self-discovery. You started traveling. Tell us a little bit more about that, because for many uh, or some listeners, it may seem daunting, or maybe some people would even be discouraged from doing that at a stage of life, let's say, when, that you were in. So tell us more. Yes. Well, so that does get a little bit, kind of peel back the onion a little bit, right? In my 40s, I started really being called to be outside and in nature more. And this was kind of a surprise to me. I mean, it was never like not into nature, but I wasn't like a kid who grew up camping a lot or hiking or anything like that. I grew up in Houston where we sat as close to the air conditioner as you could most of the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I just started to get, you know, this craving to be outside more and be with nature. And I, that was sort of my first awakening that I, I believe that that's one of the first things that women start to feel if they've shut down other parts of their life is that nature really starts to call to them. The other part is I have a lifelong minimalist and I've always struggled with the balance of having a family and stuff that, you know, you have to have stuff to have kids and to have a house and all that. And I've always kind of struggled with that balance. So it was a dream of mine to really, really downsize and minimize to free up time and resources to have the flexibility to prioritize experiences over things. And I, so I was very fortunate you know, to be able to do that. And also, I had always I had a lifelong dream of living in Mexico City, just had studied Spanish off and on my whole life and still couldn't really speak it. It was really frustrating. <laughs> and so I would go down, you know, went down to did some immersion class in Mexico one year for a couple of weeks. And I came back, I thought, I'm never taking another Spanish class again in my life. If I need it at some point, I'll just go live someplace where they speak it and I'll learn it. But I just couldn't sit through another class knowing it wasn't going to click, you know. And so those you know, these things kind of that are poking at you, like the things that wake you up at night that you constantly, you know, you can't get out of your head. Turns out they don't really just go away quietly into the night. Usually they keep coming back until you know, they're banging on the door, let me in. And that generally starts to look like a midlife crisis. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so important that we pay attention to our intuition and that we do pursue the dreams that we have, because when we don't, it's just keeps feeding our resentment and maybe uh, even our bitterness. So I'm so glad that you did follow that calling to go and live in a different country and to finally learn Spanish and speak Spanish fluently. Right. Yes. And at the same time, I had been working a sort of flex time most of the time my kids were growing up so that I, my schedule could be more flexible for them and honestly for my my ex to build his career. And so I knew I had a lot of entrepreneurial energy within me, but I certainly didn't have the confidence to know how to express it yet. And at the time, this time I was in Northern California and I, I knew I couldn't like start and build a business there because it's so expensive. 
So that was some practical reasons. I mean, I love, love Northern California. I was in the Santa Rosa area, Sonoma County was part of Leadership Santa Rosa. It's a wonderful community, but I just knew that it was going to burn rate. Trying to do anything there was going to be really hot fast. So that was the thinking behind it too. So I just basically had to start building my network, my LinkedIn my poor LinkedIn profile was very neglected. Um, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do for next. I was really fortunate to be admitted to a virtual accelerator for female entrepreneurs that um, was called the Circular Board at the time. Since then, those founders have started something else. But that really gave me some confidence that they saw that side of me and that, yes, I could start to take steps in that direction and make a plan and take some risks, honestly, around that. It, but it took me about a year before I actually called myself an entrepreneur. This is definitely a daunting journey. And I'm experiencing it every day, right? It's a yeah. it's a constant you know, struggle or trade-off, right? So in my day job, I talk to a lot of product leaders and product managers. And there we talk about how you have trade-off conversations for features and, and a life of an entrepreneur, you know, is the same thing, just different balls that you juggle. So yes, and you are doing it also. I mean, it, it is a struggle because you're doing it another way that's also not easy at all, which is working full time and then building something along on the side. And I know lots of people are doing that right now. And honestly, it's hard at times, but it also forces you to decide like what's important, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It teaches me the power or the, the science and art of prioritization and the art of saying no. And, and so many times over and over and going deeper at every level, it's interesting or or then you see yourself making the same mistakes or still getting distracted or on, on some days you do so well and on other days you struggle here and make things much bigger than they are. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. that is so true. I had an early mentor, Janine Blackwell. She's the founder of the Six Figure Courses program and I, um, she was my coach. I, I went through her programs and also her, her mastermind. And one of the things that she said really stuck with me was the entrepreneurial journey will bring out all of your personal issues. It's like, and I think that really is one reason why I like to encourage people who are in midlife, even before midlife, but especially if they're feeling those rumblings of dissatisfaction and, you know, oh, what am I going to do with my life and what's left and what's important and start a business because that is, don't go see a therapist, <laughs> start a business because the business is going to like, that process is going to take you straight to your issues and you're going to need to work on it to, to get to the next level. At least that's what I found. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a definitely creative, you know, suggestion. Um, <laughs> I guess you do need to know why you're doing it, right? So you persevere, but certainly like if you're itching to do something new or not knowing exactly what, it's always best just to get started with something small and, and be okay with things being small because when you're starting, you don't have 10,000 followers and you know, 5 million clients and whatnot. It just starts with one, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's what's so exciting though about this time is, you know, everybody on the planet has something to share and everybody on the planet has an audience who needs to hear from them. And that's what we're evolving towards. I, I get super excited about it when I think about it. And that's why I do the work I do is we are here to mirror our brilliance, literally. And we now have the tools to do so. I love that. This is actually a perfect segue to what you do today. So tell me more about that. How do you help others spread their message and, and mirror their brilliance? Oh, well, thanks for asking that. Well, my background is a video marketing producer, and I worked with entrepreneurs and small businesses on their first videos as you know, from the first days when you could actually do video for the internet. 
I was a preferred filmmaker for a startup in San Francisco who would send people out to do video for Yellow Pages and City Search, which was kind of like a Yellow Pages back then. Basically, you know, show up, take the at the place of business, never having been there before, get the nervous business owner on camera talking about their business, get their marketing message, take some B-roll, take it home, edit it into a 90-second video or less, and send it away. And it had to be good. And I was really, really good at that. So I took that experience, which I did that thousands of hundreds of times, let's say over the years. And I took that experience. And when I started formulating my first course, my first entrepreneurial venture, which was not around video, I would be talking with these amazing women about their ideas and what they were working on. And they, you know, I tell them about my business idea. They'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But you do video, you know, can you help me with video? Can you tell me about this? And I have all these questions. And, and I heard that over and over again. And I finally said, you know, maybe that's the universe telling me something. So then I pivoted, or actually, I didn't just pivot, I started, I put the old idea to bed, I did the beta testing and all that and just decided, well, it had promise, but I wasn't the right person at the right time for that idea. So put that to bed, then started the Mirror Your Brilliance on Video, which is a course. It's evolved into, it's an online course. What I would do is teach people how to do video uh, because nobody can, very few people can hire a full-time videographer these days or hire somebody to do enough videos to fill the pipeline that we need going forward because video is now ubiquitous and the preferred format online. And I could go into why that is, but I won't do that right now. So what the Mirror Your Brilliance framework is, is the baseline is a course that teaches you from A to Z how to do quality video without spending a ton of money and a ton of time on it so that it becomes, you systemize it into your business, right? And then the other part I work, I have is a mastermind where we talk about strategies and then we get into the content part of it. And then I work with a few one-on-one clients a year. I have scaled back on that though, so that I can go deeper with fewer people rather than spread myself thin with, you know, several people. And so that's the, that's been kind of my COVID pivot, honestly, is, uh, just kind of standing back from working, you know, with too many people at one time to just a few people who are like super committed and, and um, working on things that I feel, you know, good about adding my ripple effect to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and then marketing the course a little bit more heavily, because that really is the starting place for all of the one-on-one work I used to do anyway. The first thing they would do is implement the course, which doesn't take very long. And then we go from there. So the course is the DIY version of putting like learning these video. It's kind of like learning skills, right? You know, video skill, Mm -hmm. video isn't something most of us grew up doing and it's now become an essential business skill. And then with the advent of zoom taking over everybody's days and meetings now, you know, it used to be, we just had a business card and maybe a, a headshot and now it's become, you know, are we doing video for our business? And the answer should be yes, if especially if you're the face of your business and you, you need to differentiate. Absolutely. This is uh, such a relevant service and also skill to develop. So I definitely support that. So maybe just out of curiosity, who do you work mostly from, from your customers? Yes. Well, my initial target audience, and still I serve these ladies a lot, it were midlife women starting online businesses. And I've expanded from that though to I'm very interested in where, and I'm doing more writing about this too, because 
uh, along with video, I'm a really good writer. So that I'm giving myself time to expand out on that as well. And what I'm fascinated with is the impact of social media coming going forward. And because social media is just a reflection of society, the social media we <laughs> we produce for our businesses is a reflection of us, but also it's a dance. You know, we want our posts to engage our target audience and to engage them we have to know them really, really well. And that means we have to know a lot about what their life looks and feels like when they are, you know, not on the computer or not on their phone. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm starting to look at that and then create content that attracts people who are working on ideas and services that are part of the solution going forward. So I just had a conversation with some people working on an an idea that will help with elder fraud, financial fraud, with you know, with elders. I mean, that's a perfect, like, idea. Mm -hmm. That's why I do what I do. For my own sense of impact, I know, you know, I probably would never be president of the United States or something, but <laughs> but I can have a part of other people's ripple effect. And then my own, my own impact, you know, is increased as well. And it becomes this virtuous circle. Absolutely. You hit on several interesting ideas, one of them being how to create engaging content. So as a video producer and coach who advises others how to create engaging videos, what would be um, some, some key highlights you, you could share with the listeners? <laughs> well, it depends on, of course, who your audience is. So that's the first thing you want to get a pretty clear sense of before you spend much time creating content is who do you serve? I mean, as, and get as narrow as clearly you know as you can like i just had a conversation also with a lady she has a website and she's in a designer and she actually targets people who are not design freaks they just want their place to look nice we might stereotype and say bachelors or you know men they know they want to have a nice looking home but they don't care and so she said she said well you know i know people have lots of questions around window coverings and maybe i'll do some video around that and i said well honestly if somebody doesn't really care about you know, is into design, they're probably not going to be Googling how window coverings. They're going to be Googling, how do I get this done as fast as possible, right? right. <laughs> so that's what I mean. <laughs> you know, um, the whole world, I'm sorry, is not your audience. All women or all men or all people 20 years old, whatever, is not your audience. You really do have to narrow it down and get to know them. And then think about what it is that you help them with. And ideally work backwards instead of, you know, making yourself crazy, creating new content every week you want to scope out the journey that they have with you all the way through to them becoming a client or purchasing whatever it is that you are selling because you're a business, right? And then you create content that logically leads somebody to the conclusion that, oh, that's what I need. Now, mm -hmm. not, not every single piece of content is going to take them to the landing page, but it's going to highlight, oh, this thing is missing. Or if I had something like that in my life, my life would be easier. Oh, when here's this person who does that or has that. And the way we do that is by around creating stories. Also, testimonials are golden. The easiest kind of video to do is to get a video testimonial from a happy client. And then you don't even have to be on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all sorts of different ways we go. I talk content with well, that's one of the big things we talk about in the, it's called Video Velocity Mastermind. And that's, we get into content almost every week. I do it twice a month. Nice. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if, if any of you are interested in Kayla's mastermind, we'll definitely put the information in the show notes. Um, 
or is there a Facebook group or how would they be um, become part of the mastermind? Oh, thanks. Yes, there's information on the website. So the website is mirroryourbrilliancevideo.com. Mm-hmm. Or you could just, I'm actually transitioning to mirroryourbrilliance.com. Either one works because I registered both of them. And that'll get you to the website. And then there is um, underneath my services, you know, how to work with me tab there. It's under there. Yeah. Or you could email me directly, your listeners for sure. It's Kayla at mirroryourbrilliance.com. Great. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah, video definitely is the king of content. (laughs) You know, maybe let me stay a little bit more on this. So let's say you understand your audience, um, you know, the message you want to share with them, how you want to help them, what is the problem you're solving? How do you make yourself stand out from the crowd of information or online? That is such a great question. And there are two answers. The first thing that you want to do is, okay, let's be honest. Nobody's reinventing the wheel. Very few people anyway, online especially in the coaching space, or um, there's a, a lot of people doing very similar things, but they are not you. And so what you want to do is create, like package your, your special method, even if it's very similar, you know, to the standard method of whatever the services that you offer. I mean, like say you're a health coach and you're doing sugar fast or 30 day fast or something like that. You don't want to call it just a 30 day fast. You want what well, 30 day fast might not be very safe. I don't, I'm not a health coach, so I'm not it's okay. It's okay. It's just I'm a hypothetical example. So <laughs> I'm you a good example. So at any rate, you don't want to call it just the juice fast or whatever you want to say, this is Susan Harris's amazing method. You know, you want to brand your method. You want to take your steps and say, this is my proprietary method. Like I have the mirror your brilliance on video method and it is totally differentiated. It's a lot of stuff in there is proprietary. Nobody else teaches it like I do. And, you know, and I have to be really clear about that and call it that because if I just said, Hey, I've got some videos to show you about how to do video. You'd be like, well, I could go to YouTube and look that up. Right. Yeah, that's right. But you're not going to get my special sauce based on X, Y, Z, you know, 15 years of experience working with entrepreneurs, marketing background, all those things that make me unique. Right. So that's the first thing you want to create a method I have to call it a method. It's your, you want to brand your program. Method is one word. It could be a course. It could be system. That could be another word. People like that. Their brain can get their, get excited about a package like that in a way that they're not going to be able to ingest mentally as quickly, just like, you know, here's some things that I do and, and what do you think? So that's the first thing. The second thing is if you are the face of your business, you have to be getting on video and, There's no way around it because if you are the face of your business and you are in a sector or an industry where there are a lot of people doing similar things, and this I'm talking about like even offline, you know, insurance, mortgage brokers, Gary Vee has this classic speech that he gave to mortgage brokers a couple of years ago. You know, he says, if you're not putting out like 30 pieces of content a day, you're in trouble. And he said, most of you haven't put that much out in three months, right? So not to get off on a segue, but you want to be thinking about a way to get on video. And I would tell you that even if I didn't do video, and here's the reason why. You probably all have know about know, like, and trust and the importance of that in the sales process. Well, people will start, get to know you sooner. They'll decide if they like you sooner, which saves everybody time, right? And if they like you, they're going to trust you a lot sooner if they see your face on video. 
Um, <laughs> and people are afraid of that. But the good news is your imperfections are what make you trustworthy. And Bren Brown, I think that's how you say her name. Is it Brene Brown, yes. Brene Brown, yeah. She yes. has written a lot about this. So um, she's the queen of vulnerability and the strength that's in that. So I recently decided, like another part of my, my COVID pivot or decision for my business is I'm not chasing people anymore to do video. I'm super happy to help you if you're ready. But I ran into, you know, I've run into so many people who I don't want to be on camera. I'm afraid. And I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that I don't have sympathy for that because I'm an introvert. You know, I spent 15 years behind the camera being super bossy. I loved it back there. Didn't have to be on camera. But then when I started this business, I was like, oh, well, I can't exactly be fussing at people. They need to be on video if I'm not doing it myself. So I've had to get out in front of camera. I've been massively imperfect. I'm still not perfect. I'm better than I used to be, though, because practice does help. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. but having said that, I've got to put my time and energy and talents and gifts into the people who are ready to go because they honestly are the ones who are going to make the impact sooner are moving forward faster. And so if you're sitting on the fence around being afraid of being on video, I would say it's time to get over it and get the camera out, do some video, get some support around it. And there's a whole section of my course around it. It doesn't have to be my course though, but you know, and I also, I work with a colleague who does amazing work with people who are, you know, she's a, a French opera singer. So she knows a thing or two about being on stage and being seen, right? and using your voice. And she's got this great program. So I could refer you to her. At any rate, help is available, but it is for the health of your business and your, you know, and the future growth. Video is just, well, you're seeing it online. Facebook wants to be the TV of the internet and they're getting there. Pretty much. Yeah. And I, I love it how you share your own story of moving from behind the scenes to in front of the camera and helping people do the same, which is amazing. So you went through the whole journey yourself. And that's super important and valuable because we cannot really effectively help others or serve others if we haven't walked in their shoes. Exactly. And part of the other reason why I started, I put the course together was what I was seeing is there, as video became more popular online, there were people teaching video that had never really done video for their business, or there were people talking about, you know, like basically it was, you know, marketers who were really good at marketing, teaching video or videographers, which I was one. So I get that, but that didn't really have any marketing background. Or there was a you know, person who had been an online camera or an on-camera personality. And so suddenly they were a marketing expert and, and teaching it. And everybody out there has something, a gift to bring. And, you know, there's a, uh, there's somebody for everybody out there, right? But I felt like, oh, well, there's a missing space and it's me. It's somebody who has all that together except for the on-camera piece. <laughs> so <laughs> I had the marketing and the video, the video experience. So having to learn the on-camera thing, like you just pointed out, thank you, was um, part of my journey with this. And so I do have sympathy for it. I definitely do. But you can't let it stop you anymore. You just can't because your competition, if they're not already doing video, they're going to be. And you can see the growth of social media online. I just downloaded some graphs about it to do a presentation earlier. It's just like exponential. So this is the future. This is the, the now. <laughs> it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Totally. So I'm curious about a few things. So as you work with different individuals and entrepreneurs, what would be some of the, the biggest pointers you would recommend somebody when, when he or she is doing a video, right? Um, to produce an engaging video, not necessarily from the strategy perspective, but when you're actually on a video and just make sure you're still looking straight at the camera, right? Your eyes are not rolling all over, which is part of my struggle at times, right? Because I think about what I'm going to say and then I start looking all over the room. <laughs> and then that doesn't make for a very engaging video. So <laughs> if you could share some like three points that others should keep in mind. Yeah, sure. So the first thing that, especially if you're just starting out, that I would suggest is to have walking through the park and doing a video is, is fine, but it can be kind of distracting if you're just starting out. And you're more likely to do video consistently, which is the way you get better at it, if you have your home base set up. So that is the number one thing is set up a video, a mini home base, mini studio. And that's the, actually the first part of what I teach everybody. But again, doesn't have to be my course, but just be sure that you can like within five minutes, if you can't leave your lights up, just have a simple setup that you know where everything goes, you pop it up and you're ready to go. Be like Oprah and walk on and be ready to do your videos. That takes away some of the stress around video because then your the uncertainty around all that is gone. Like it's like having your desk ready to go. You know what I mean? Or it's like mm -hmm. laying out your workout clothes in the morning. So that's one thing. And I know that doesn't seem like, like an on-camera tip, but it is because you come to the process less rela or more relaxed. And video is a little bit like x-ray for your emotions, especially the kind of videos that we do. So if you show up on camera, you know, you're kind of flustered, that energy can show up in your video. Secondly, you want to, don't want to get too much into a tutorial, but you want to pay attention to your background. You know, less is more for sure. I err on the side of very few tchotchkes. You don't want a lot of stuff in your background, but I also don't want to see you lined up against a white wall like a mugshot either because we don't want people thinking about mugshots when they're seeing your videos. Um, so you want to pull yourself, <laughs> you want to, subconsciously, that's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> so you want to pull yourself out into the middle of the room a little bit. If you're sitting down, maybe you put the chair more in the middle of the room to where it might look strange. If you walk in, you go, why is there a chair in the middle of the room? But for video, it works out really well. And then lighting is important and uh, decent sound is important, but beyond, but if you have those things kind of streamlined already into your business then or into your setup, then you just, you sit down and, and you do your videos. Now, as far as content goes, that's very individual. And some people do well with an outline. There are also some apps that you can read, like basically it's a teleprompter. And that can be a really good way to get through some teaching content or, or some content where you, you know, you're really trying to be organized and get a point across and you're going to be using that over and over again. So that might be something you might want to look at. But I also just like the documentary. What I'm seeing that's really working right now really well and kind of always has, but I'm seeing more of it is these one minute quick shots. And I think maybe TikTok was a good, like, or I don't know if it was an incentive for this kind of content, but this is quick, you know, one minute short format clips that just make one point and one point only because people are having a hard time processing more than one point at a time these days. <laughs> so um, there's some motivational speakers online that do these one minute, one to, you know, one minute, one minute, 30 second clips, just quick to the point. And you could sit down and think about, you know, five or six or seven of those and just rattle those off in, you know, an hour or so. And then you've got video for at least a couple weeks. Nice. See, this is a good um, suggestion. Yeah. Like 
-hmm. booking a time over the weekend or when you have some, some more time and then just banging out all of the inter uh, videos at once and just they're editing it as, as needed and scheduling it out for your social. Yeah, I'm a big fan of batching your videos. I know live video was all the thing and it still is pretty effective, but if you're looking at like the overall sanity of the entrepreneur, it is nice if you can batch your videos. So that's a good technique. For sure. And thank you for, for diving all deeper on, on this topic. I think that a lot of, a lot of people can benefit a lot from all of these tips. Well, that's great. I mean, it's all, it's all, this is what the course covers in depth as well. So just so you know, it's uh, it, it is all packaged in a very organized way to, for exactly this reason, to answer all these questions that people have, and then they can get those questions answered, get that uncertainty out of their life. And then we can work on the next thing, which is if they have questions around content or if they have questions around mindset, you know, then at least we know where we're starting from. Totally, totally. Actually, I remember from some of our previous conversations, you mentioned that uh, you noticed that specifically women might be uh, afraid of um, putting themselves on video. Mm -hmm. uh, could you speak a little bit more about that? Yes, <laughs> I can. So, so if you, and thanks for asking a little bit more about that, because I do, again, I want to emphasize, I do have sympathy and empathy for feeling that way. And if you feel that way, you're not alone. In fact, it's actually more normal to feel that way than to feel like, ooh, I can't wait to do video. And this is why there's a couple of reasons why the first one is if you think about our hunter gatherer ancestors and the women generally, you know, we're assuming we're probably around the campfire taking care of the kids, especially when the kids were little, just kind of keeping track of them because they need to be fed and kept track of, you know, what would have happened to that woman if she had jumped up and down and been super loud and like made herself seen? Well, you know, she probably would have gotten eaten by a tiger or a bear and maybe her kids would, right? It would definitely, it literally put her and her family in danger to be too, like to draw attention to herself in that way. Now, I don't know, men also have told me they also suffer from camera anxiety, but men back in the day, they have testosterone, number one. And number two, if they didn't go out and kill something that day, nobody would eat. So they kind of had to get past, you know, that fear of, putting themselves out there. And we see that all the way down to today. Now, I'm not an anthropologist, <laughs> but this is, you know, it's just some things that I've read about, you know, where do these fears in our brain come from? So that's one thing. The second thing, coming down more to present day, you know, by the time a girl is 16, you know, I can't remember what the word, the number is. It's just way too many though. Thousands and thousands and thousands of images of quote, female perfection and what you should look like. And, up until, you know, recently, like if you grew up, if you're in your 50s now, you grew up mostly with still images airbrushed. And then now, you know, we're, we're being, have this avalanche of video now, and now we're all supposed to be on video. And it's hard for us to let go of this idea of female perfection. So that is a challenge as well. We're our own worst critics. And we see things in ourselves that other people I don't know, let's just put it this way. If somebody ever is looking at your video and picking it apart as much as you are, that's almost a good kind of <laughs> problem to have because it's so hard to get people's attention that most of the time they're not even seeing any, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're totally. not. But those are the reasons why most women have camera anxiety is that combination of kind of our genetic fear back in the day and then also just worrying about what other people think of us. But honestly, this is the Warrior Podcast and 
that's got to be one of the first things that goes out the door if you're going to be a warrior, right? Totally. Yeah. For self-acceptance and self-love. Exactly. I was recently listening to a podcast with Brenna Brown and they were actually talking with um, one of the authors of a, a new book and she was saying, well, to me, self-acceptance, like, what is it? Like, that's, that's like zero, right? Like to me, self-love, that's where, it, where it's at. Uh, and I can find the, the episode like to, to reference, but what the lady was saying is self-acceptance. It's almost like, okay, like you're kind of accepting the things, but not, not necessarily, not really, or settling with some things versus mm-hmm. self-love. That's really, you know, loving yourself despite of all the imperfections or loving yourself because of it, because they make you unique and who you are and who cares if you're a little clumsy or I don't know, or you, we all have certain predispositions, right? But at the end, there are so many great things to love about ourselves more than to hate or to compare and then to see that, you know, I'm like this dream that I have, it's always kind of so far or it's a moving target and you never get there. And, and as a recovering perfectionist, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can deeply empathize with that. Yes, I can too. I am a recovering A student. And here's what it is. It's the journey from toleration to celebration. And that's what I want to see more people doing, and especially women, is not just tolerating and accepting. Like that's such a good, what you just said was so, uh, such a good distinction to bring out is when you're accepting something, you're just kind of tolerating it. We got to celebrate what makes us imperfect because it's part of our magic. And besides that, perfection is a, is a subjective, what does that even mean, right? And so one thing I think is super exciting right now is the, the diversity of women we're seeing in media and advertising now finally, and it's, it's been driven by the young influencers, got, you know, the young YouTubers, a lot of them, all different sizes, shapes, colors, getting out there, and they have been befriending each other, teaching each other, because those girls, you know, a few years ago, they weren't seeing themselves in 17 magazine or whatever. So but they could find each other online. And I don't know, I just get really excited about it because it's the opposite of what I grew up with. And I think it's, it's definitely just way more healthy. So they're celebrating each other. It's amazing. I love a journey from toleration to celebration. Yeah. I think you really pointed it out that I haven't heard it exactly in this you know, setting or in this uh, formulation. I think this is brilliant. Yeah, it's not about toleration. Definitely not. We, we got to celebrate ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we do every day and it feels weird sometimes, but it's like, you know, F it if I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, and I know that you, you carry this big warrior uh, within you, like just going back to the beginning when you were talking about your travels and completely kind of uprooting your life and doing your own thing and just living in different country and uh, starting your own business uh, and all of that, that to me is so brave and also just a testimony to you that you respect yourself and that's enough. And that's why you follow those dreams. Yeah. And I wouldn't have ever characterized myself as having a warrior within a few years ago, but that's kind of the point. Uh, We have to let her out. I mean, not everybody has to be as drastic as I was for sure. Especially, if, and that's what's nice. Like if you start working on those those things that are calling to you a little earlier before they build up, I guess that's part of the message is that shit doesn't go away. So you better deal with it and because you're going to have to deal with it at some point anyway. 
but it has been exciting. And I would say that the number one way, the number one practice, at least for me in building your inner warrior is do things before you're ready and start small. You know, it doesn't have to be, like I said, this big thing that I did, like selling everything, but even just start an exercise program before you're ready or give that speech or do that video or start that business before you're ready. Because if you wait until you feel ready, it's too late. You missed out on so many chances to fail and get better. (laughs) So that's what I would say. Totally. This is a great advice. You are such a great example for all of this as well. I mean, look at the people you're reaching out to and the the events that you've been to and the women and the men that you've met. It's all working full time, by the way. (laughs) You know, good on you, Danny. It's amazing. So thank you. I mean, you inspire me. So I'm I'm super Uh, happy to be here. Thank you, Kayla. You're you're very kind. (laughs) I'm inspired by so many of my friends and role models and the entrepreneurs that I follow and respect and you know want to get to the next level and it's just right know, it takes time to get there but it you know it doesn't have it ain't happen without the grind right <laughs> so, yeah but it's uh, going to I mean it's already like it's so apparent that your your whole energy is so focused around that you can tell thank you it was really through some of the struggles that I went through that I was able to kind of formulate how I want to help women and, and the world and, and or with with what and it almost feels like, you know, being this mental sculpture, right? Where only you can kind of sculpt your inner self or sculpt yourself in a way that you want to be. But oftentimes you need someone or a group of people to, to guide you a little bit. But at the yeah. end, like you're carving out the warrior within you, right? It's like the story about the cathedral or you know, you meet a sculpture, right? And somebody tells you I'm, I'm building a, a tower or yeah, I'm building a church. And then the next one is like, I'm building a work of art. And then they're dedicated and their commitment shows up so uh, much differently. Oh, I love that. I, that gives me chills. Well, you know the story of Michelangelo. I don't remember exactly. Maybe it was the Pieta. He didn't block out the sculpture. He just like started, started in and basically did what, the, what you're talking about. Like other sculptors would block out and, you know, have a plan. And he would just start sculpting away at one corner and the thing would just sort of emerge because that was his genius. He could see it in his mind before it even, it just, it sort of took form under his hands. So that's amazing. Yeah. I guess the power of visualization is, is truly powerful. <laughs> if you, right. If you merge the mind with the visual representation, it can, it can happen. You can manifest it. Well, it is, and it's you, it can happen, and it's also essential, I think, for women especially because we haven't had as many role models of bravery as men have over the, I mean, over the mm-hmm. centuries, really. So we are developing. What does that look like? It's you know we're not men, so it's not going to look like just like them how they exhibit bravery, but we're also coming into this amazing time when especially in countries like the U S and Canada and, you know, places with democracy and rule of law, women have so, so much power that we sit on. Sometimes I love what you're doing and I love, you know, a lot of women that have a platform are talking more about power in just very straightforward ways. And I think it's, it's healthy and essential for the coming times if we're all going to get through it. Totally. And 100% agree with what you said about maybe not having that many uh, female role models. Or I definitely experienced that as I was growing up where 
maybe there were a few times when I thought it was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like mm-hmm. in these in these areas, I don't know that many women or it was only until when I moved to the States and then I became a lot more active here in the startup ecosystem, right? When you see so many successful female entrepreneurs, leaders, investors, you name it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is really one of the most fascinating parts of the world that I've ever been in. And I'm, I'm lucky to live here as well mm-hmm. for also this being one of the, the reasons of the, the community. And it totally changes your perspective on things because so many times we're told, hey, this is your role and why are you trying to work so hard or why are you hustling so hard? Don't you remember your role is this and that? And that can be actually quite discouraging, especially if it comes from the people who are close to you. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that is one thing that if you haven't heard it before, it's it's not the easiest thing to hear. But when you start to act in out like, you know, your inner truth, and that is, you know, looks like you changing to other people, you might be surprised that the people that you thought would be the most supportive of that turn out to not be. And it isn't even that they don't love you. It They may even feel like they're trying to protect you. But you changing is a threat. And especially sometimes women changing feels like a threat. So that's one of the first disappointing things. But the amazing thing about, again, these days is you can find your tribe online. And I cannot overemphasize because I grew up without the internet. You know, I grew up in a time when you only like your tribe was basically in your town, in your school, in your college, you know, kind of whoever, like you could have a pen pal, but... (laughs) But, you know, as far as connecting connecting in the deep way that we do online with people, I mean, you, I mean, how would you and I have met, right? Every day I wake up and I go, I am so grateful for social media and Facebook and Instagram. And yes, there is a goofy and borderline sinister side to it at times because it's just a reflection of how people are using it, right? So if you Mm -hmm. choose to use it to your advantage, it's totally life-changing and you can find the people you need. And we're seeing that again with the younger kids, people complain, oh, they're on their phones all the time. Well, they're on their, they're on their phones playing games all the time. They're on their phone connecting with their peers that just don't happen to be in the same room, right? So I take the Gary V optimism side. You know, we are the boss of our devices and eventually, essentially, these things that we're creating, even these corporations. So we just have to have the bravery <laughs> to step out and use these tools for good. That's right. And sometimes this can be hard, right? But that's why you you do need to kind of put some boundaries in place so that it doesn't really overtake you, right? Or um, it doesn't start consuming um, hours in a day or that you could be spending with the people around you or, or let's say if you feel... Because what, I, what I've read is that... Um, you know, oftentimes people go to social media, you know, when they do feel lonely, right? Or when they're seeking a distraction, right? Versus something else would be actually so much healthier for them. So, uh, and that, that goes to what you were saying, be the boss of your devices or like be smart, be brave uh, so that you can distinguish between these. And um, right. there's been so many talks about this that I'm sure people are aware of that. I mean, it's a balance and it's the same as, you know, you have to be careful around alcohol and marijuana and sugar and all these things that parts of our brain really enjoy the way it makes us feel. Social media, it turns out the effect it can have. Yes, it, you know, it can have a drug-like addicting effect. So can lots of other things in your life. And this is something that we got to step up to and realize, okay, I'm the boss of that. Easier said than done. I totally get it. But doesn't mean 
it's not work that we have to do, right? And that's the other thing I think that is the transition women are making. We have for generations been tamed by believing in this victim mentality. And now not so many of us are buying into it anymore. And it's not just women, you know, you see it across a lot of fear-based programming out there that wants to tell people it's not their fault. And, and I'm not saying it is their fault. So I have to be careful about what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that when you buy into being a victim, it doesn't leave you any options. And if that's your starting place, then where can you look for people to hang around with who are not buying into that? Because it makes you so much stronger to be around like-minded people who are not perfect. They're not saying they are, but they're at least they're, you know, they're working on it. They're working on their stuff. They're trying to be honest. They do things even when it scares them. And they're kind in that. I'm so glad that you brought up the victim mentality. This comes up so much. And I think it's even something we carry from generation to generation, even just looking at the history of different countries, right? And we make it part of our identity at times, Mm -hmm. oftentimes subconsciously. And this is really the part of our story that we need to divorce. Because if you think of yourself as a victim, then how can you ever become the leader? How can you ever become the victor? As then uh, it will be always so easy to blame others. Yes. And all that does is perpetuate the bad thing that happened in the first place. Uh, so I'm not saying people haven't had hard things happen or bad things happen. That I'm not saying nobody has ever like not been a victim. Obviously, we have that. But I do believe because I've seen it, I mean, like as quickly as possible, you move away from that mindset. That's how you lead others out. And we just need so much more of that right now in the world. And it's exciting to see it growing amongst types of folks you wouldn't even have expected to see it. It's like, wow, that person's a warrior. Didn't see that coming, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good thing when it happens. Yeah. (laughs) You just give me a great segue to the next question. So, and and you partially covered this um, a few minutes ago, but what is your definition of a warrior? For me right now, it is somebody who starts things before they are ready. I know that sounds like super exciting, but maybe that's the main characteristic. But a warrior is someone who spends enough time to get to know who they are inside and is brave enough to face who they are to get to the next level to help other people. I love that. Self-awareness, discovery, Absolutely. Super important and doing things before you're ready. Couldn't agree more. Kayla, this has been such a great conversation. I have I have really enjoyed it. I want to be mindful of your time since I know we're coming to, to our end here. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Well, thank you so much for having me. I think I just want to share one last thing that I just ran across. It's a connection that somebody out there may already be familiar with and be like, yeah, I knew that. But I just was surprised. Is this idea that our consciousness is tied to our self-esteem. And I hadn't really put those two things together, but becoming more self-aware, more conscious, you know, present moment awareness, it's all tied to loving yourself more, you know, having self-integrity. I mean, how all those things that we express to ourselves show to ourselves that we love ourselves. It's not just about bubble baths and, you know, saying things in the mirror. It's about like our actions and respecting ourselves and like, it could go into it, but those all have a very virtuous effect of night, a virtuous cycle effect, right? On your elevating your consciousness. And that's where you're going as a warrior. I mean, what is that saying? 
the warrior that wins the battle, he's already won the battle before he entered it because he's won it in his mind, right? Or her mind, <laughs> I should probably mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a samurai in my head, so that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> but I guess your consciousness is tied to the level of self-love. And self-love is something we can always be working on. And you should work on that because the more you love yourself, the more you have to give to others. And that sounds simple, but I think women need to hear that over and over and over and over again, because you run up against a brick wall in your ability to help those who you love and your community if you aren't taking care of yourself. Wow, what a closing. I absolutely (laughs) love this. Um, Your consciousness is tied to your self-esteem, your self-love. Warrior has already won the battle before she even got on the battlefield. That is that is so true. I mean, like, how else do you expect to, to win, right? Or if you question yourself about winning, it might be harder. It might be harder. You first need to believe in yourself. Right. Exactly. That's a lifelong practice. But you don't have to wait to start. You can start instantly. <laughs> totally. Yes, you can start today. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but thank you so very much. This was such a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it. Kayla, uh, where can people find you if they have more questions outside of your website? So I am on LinkedIn. It's Kayla Philo, K-A-L-A-P-H-I-L-O. And I'm on Facebook, of course, Mirror Your Brilliance. And the email is Kayla at mirroryourbrilliance.onvideo.com. But I'm all over social. Instagram is mybonvideo, M-Y-B-O-N video, Instagram, LinkedIn, or email probably is the two easiest ways. Terrific. Okay. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Of course. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you you for listening and dialing in. Please let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I really appreciate your feedback and we'll be back next week. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for spending some time with me. And most of all, for investing time in yourself. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our episodes. This will greatly help us spread the word and help others find it more easily. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Denny Timras. Shoot me a note and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I always welcome any feedback or questions. Remember... Now that you're here, you're part of a tribe. In this tribe, we care for each other. We lift each other up as well as share the raw, honest, unpolished truth that we often need to hear. So before you go, think about the next best action you can take to get you on your path to success. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make a commitment and do it now. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a great day.